In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Picture yourself in maybe catechism class, or in Bible study, or Sunday school. You have your coffee, or your tea, or beverage of choice in one hand. Your Bible, and your catechism in the other hand. You're waiting for the bell to ring, and class to start. And then suddenly, instead of the pastor, or the teacher, walking into the front of the room, a raven swoops in, lands in the front seat, and begins to talk to you. Well, that's kind of what's happening in Luke 12 here, as Jesus teaches his disciples and us. He's giving us some Christian theology with ornithology. Today, Jesus wants us to learn a little bit from the birds, to know and trust and believe that we do not need to worry about the things of our daily life, that God has you covered in Jesus. After all, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Also to know and trust and believe that if our Lord cares for birds in such abundance, not only does he give us the great gift of eternal life and forgiveness of sins, and that is the main thing, but that he gives us gifts we need for every day too. Whether it's Sunday or a Tuesday or a Friday. And to know and trust and believe that if our Lord clothes the flowers of the field with such great and glorious wardrobe, better than that of Solomon, that he will clothe you, not only in clothes for today, but with righteousness in Christ and shoes and all good things. So today Jesus invites us to consider the birds. The birds he created and blessed on the fifth day of creation, to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth to soar, to sing his praises, maybe even to wake you up from a little nap sometimes. Consider the ravens and the doves that Noah used. And God gave them to Noah to send out and scout out the dry land after the flood of the new creation. Or the ravens he sent with food to sustain and keep Elijah in his despair as he hid in the cave from Jezebel and the false prophets and Ahab. Consider the ravens, Jesus says. They neither sow nor they reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more value are you than the birds? I love how Martin Luther once said it, or illustrated this in one of his sermons on the same text. He said, I take my hat off to you, my dear teacher. I have to admit that you, dear raven, have an art that I do not have. You sleep all night in your little nest without a care in the world. In the morning you leave, happy and bright. You sit on a limb of a tree and you sing and you praise and you give thanks to God. And then you fly off looking for your kernel of grain or fruit and you find it. Why haven't I, old fool that I am, learned to do the same? Luther's right. You see, in a way, even the birds put us to shame that we worry and we fret and we doubt and we despair, that we have sleepless nights and churning, aching stomachs and headaches and heart palpitations and stress and the list probably could go on and on for each of us. It's that kind of inward-focused worry and anxiety that almost becomes like a cancer of the soul. It consumes us from the inside, paralyzes us. It disorders our lives, sometimes even our eating and drinking and our priorities. 
It eats away at us like rust on a car. It corrodes our souls until there's nothing left but a navel-gazing shell left. See, Jesus knew his disciples' hearts, just as he knows our own. He knew that he had called them away from their fishing boats and away from the tax collector's office. And there were probably days when they wondered out loud too, What are we going to eat today, Jesus? How will we afford clothes or sandals when ours wear out? They were following someone who had no place to lay his head. He did not promise them wealth or prosperity like the people you hear today on TV. Jesus never promised that. Instead, he said there will be hardships and persecutions. But in the end, a kingdom that does not end. Consider the ravens, Jesus says to his anxious, worried, fearful disciples and to us. Look at the birds. They neither sow nor they reap nor they store in barns, and yet God feeds them. Sure, they spend the bulk of their day looking for food, and they may busy their tail feathers off building nests, but in the end, they really are completely dependent on God's gift of the environment for them. God feeds them. That hidden hand of God provides and cares even for birds of the air, and if he cares for the birds, how much more? How much greater then does he care for you? Because you are worth so much more to him than birds. So much, in fact, that our Lord valued, cared, and loves you so deeply that he sent his own son, not to become a bird or a flower, but a man for you. He became an infant, without a care in the world, born to carry all the burdens of the world. Your worries, your cares, your doubts and fears and sins upon himself. He came to die upon a tree for you, to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks under her arms and wings. Jesus sends, in fact, that same Holy Spirit that descended upon him in his baptism in the dove form, he sends to you, that you may dwell with him today and tomorrow and forever. Jesus feeds us just as he does the birds of the air, except it's a little bit better, isn't it? There's daily bread and food that he gives us, to be sure. But there's also grain that is made into bread that is his body given for you. Fruit that is picked and fermented and made into wine and it is his blood shed for you. For your forgiveness. For your life. For your salvation. And not just eternally, though that is a good thing, but also today. Right here, right now. Kind of reminds me of a popular Christian symbol from the 12th century. It was thought that the mother pelican was a very caring, attentive mother for her younglings. So attentive to the point that she would pierce her own breast if there was scarcity of food around. And she would feed her chicks, her younglings, with her blood. Maybe you can see how it became a popular symbol for Jesus and his passion and his suffering and his death and his holy supper where he is pierced for us, gives us his own body and blood in his holy sacrament. His kingdom that comes to you in his word, in his water, in his body and blood given for you. Seek his kingdom, our Lord says. These gifts he gives to you freely and everything else you need that our Lord knows you need 
they will be added to you. Fear not, little flock. It is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You see, that's the good news that our Lord speaks in the midst of our anxieties and fears and worries of the day. It is our Father's good pleasure to give us, to give you the kingdom. To work everything together that you might receive his kingdom. You have it all, thanks to Jesus. His death and life, that gift that you cannot afford, yet he purchases with his own life and lays it down and gives it to you. Life with God and life for today. He clothes you in baptism. He feeds you in his supper. You have the kingdom. And because he gives you that big stuff, you can rest assured that he'll care for you in all the small things too. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.